Hello and welcome to Opeka's Innovation and Care Collaboration Podcast Series. My name is Ken McGill. I am a solution-focused care senior scientist here at Opeka. And I'm extremely excited about today's podcast because it's focusing in on the TCOM Collaborative, which is worldwide. Today's podcast has been titled TCOM 2022, a look back at today and towards the future, endless possibilities. And my guests are all connected to the larger TCOM Collaborative, and they are Diamond Darling, Communications Coordinator and Conference Lead, the Center for Innovation and Population Health at the University of Kentucky, Barbara Dunn, Senior Director, Children's Healthcare at Magellan Health, Judith Howard, Assistant Director of Training, Development, and Operations at the University of Illinois, the PATH Program, Provider Assistance and Training Hub. Judith is also the 2022 TCOM Conference Chair, and Dr. Dan Warner, Founder, Executive Director of Community Data Roundtable, which is an organization in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he has done amazing work in support of data-driven behavioral health care. Thank you to all of these amazing thought leaders for taking time out, and they'll share where their journey started, where it's taking them, and where it's leading towards in the future. I'm very excited and very thankful for all of these guests today. I'm with a group that I could chat with for forever. I really want to say that uh, and mean that sincerely. But I am with uh, Diamond, Barbara, Dan, and Judy uh, with regards to what we're going to talk about today, which is looking at the larger TCOM collaborative. And uh, today's podcast title is, uh, is simply TCOM 2022, a look back at today and towards the future, endless possibilities. So I am so uh, glad that you're all here with uh, with me and, and being able to take some time out of your schedules to uh, get people excited about the work and um, get people excited about the upcoming conference and the larger collaborative. And if it's okay, I'd like to start with a uh, kind of a, a look back. And, uh, and if we can all do this, it'd be great, I think, um, and finding out where we are today and, and moving towards the future. Uh, my journey um, and a quick outline of my journey began actually back in 2004. I uh, had the opportunity to um, uh, sit down and, and be trained by Dr. John Lyons uh, in the CANS tool, part of my role in the New Jersey's Children's System of Care. And uh, it took me from that moment and, and learning about this incredible tool all based upon conversations that we're having with those that we serve and trying to all get on the same page. Uh, he invited me to um, present at the uh, 2007 TCOM conference in Boston. So I, um, I saw my first duck boat. It was when the uh, Red Sox won the World Series. And more importantly, I got to meet um, uh, Barbara and Dan and uh, at this conference. and. When I first met Barbara, it was in the lobby, and uh, she said, oh, you're from New Jersey. And my initial reaction was, you're from New Jersey, too. And she said, no, I'm, I'm actually from uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. And uh, But I found a kindred spirit just across the river. And um, 
And from that point forward, I, I learned that I was in the right spot. I learned that this was a group of people who wanted to uh, make a difference, uh, share what they've learned, and, um, and, and be innovative in every aspect of the work. So my goal when I brought that back to New Jersey was to uh, get people to move beyond just getting certified on the uh, community metrics tools that I uh, trained on, moving beyond compliance and implementation towards embedding the TCOM tools into the work, um, specifically in utilizing wraparound, child, family, team to create individualized care plan, um, care planning. And so fast forward, um, uh, to move to more uh, recent times, incorporating TCOM completely um, and redefining our work has been my goal and evolving from systems of care towards systems that care um, is, is really the, I think, the, the key part of this larger collaborative. So I'm just happy to um, call these individuals, uh, not just colleagues, but my friends. And, um, and maybe, Barbara, you can start us off with your your, uh, your journey, which I'm sure is much more exciting than mine. Oh, Ken, you have a very exciting uh, journey. I love that you mark time by duck boats uh, <laughs> right there that lets us all know that you experience life in a very rich way. Uh, I, I also want folks to know that it is a Monday morning when we are recording this yeah. and Ken is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> I'm just letting you all know that I've just outed him on his mm -hmm. wardrobe. As you talk about that first meeting and what I remember is I was pretty much as clueless as you were feeling and looking for, um, I guess you could say my tribe, um, because having you know, an undergraduate in experimental psych and then going into social work and getting really um, ingrained in all of the wonderful theories of social work, when I found the cans or the cans kind of found me because at that time I was an outpatient supervisor and uh, we were looking for a tool to measure um, across all of our counties and services that are in the home and community. And um, the, it, the measurement just really struck a note, a note for me that this is how we can see where kids are and where their families are and where the system is so that we can make um, interventions at so many different levels. So it really um, struck a note for me. And then going to the CANS conference, finding other people in other states and how they were using the CANS, it was really finding my tribe and my where I felt most comfortable. So over the years, having relationships develop, like ones with you and Dan, and I'm looking forward, Judith, and, and getting to know you more. And then, um, uh, having the, the honor of helping out with the conference on uh, in 2020 and suddenly having to pivot to virtual, that was quite the experience. And um, I'm really glad that we are coming to some new ways of doing the conference. So I'm looking forward to hearing more, um, Judith, on that. Um, but I, I really do appreciate having a place that I can feel comfortable to be myself. I don't have to prove things. I just need to come with myself and that's what we do. We, we come with ourselves and we make relationships and grow with each other. I love it. And thank you for adding me with my shirt and, and uh, <laughs> wanted to be as, as bright as I'm, I'm feeling today. Um, and you, again, you, you really hit it on the head where you, you think about it's, it's, it's our tribe. It's our ability to, to connect with, with others and, and to bring that back. Um, mm -hmm. so thank you. 
And Dr. Warner, I tell you, I, I got to tell you, um, also from across the river in Philadelphia, uh, in the PA area, Pittsburgh, um, I got, again, finding a, a kindred spirit and then being the only person from New Jersey and still feel welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and, and I also think that's such a New Jersey perspective of Pittsburgh is it's across the river. You know, it's it's like Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, whatever. It's across the river. I, I can tell you that much. Well, it's amazing because New Jersey, I think, and this is my own personal perspective, is that we think of ourselves as an island. So everything's really <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally get that. I've been spending a lot more time in New Jersey because Amanda, who works with us, uh, has a property out there, which we like to call the CDR apartment. Oh. Uh, we can go out there. So I've been having a chance uh, during COVID in particular, we take turns just not losing our mind by going over there and, and working out of there. I actually did a whole virtual cans training from there, which for me, I have two screens at home, which is what makes it possible for me to do interactives and the screens and everything. But I actually one day did it on my little laptop, which was, I felt like, uh, like the Wizard of Oz, like pulling levers <laughs> and, um, you know, making smoke rise all from this little machine. Uh, but oh, anyway, I, uh, my, my background in um, TCOM and cans, um, I, my I'm a clinical psychologist. And my training was actually in existential psychology. And my training really involved depthful understanding of individuals. And there was a general, even though we, we had to learn assessment and we had to learn research methods and such, there was a sense that quantitative and mathematical approaches to people always fail. Um, and sometimes in really bad ways. So we're really trained away from that. But once I got, and I still actually hold a lot of convictions about that. But when I entered the, the world, the real field, I found myself in administrative positions where I need to oversee, you know, thousands of clients, or I saw myself as needing to make decisions about people's need, uh, levels of care, the services they're going to get, a quick understanding of the treatment plans they need. And you just can't do administrative work without some kind of quantitative objective means to move information around, or you just get Byzantine structures of I always call it the, the Game of Thrones world of, of uh, you know, systems that don't care, basically. Um, so I uh, just through that process, I implemented a lot of different systems for being able to get data quickly and an objective about a whole system and eventually settled on the cans as clearly superior because of the what it does, because it measures these uh, key communicative moments about what needs to be done. And then you have the whole system monitoring that this treatment plan is followed. Uh, or changed if it needs to be, and that leads to a new scoring and so on and so forth. So it's just, it solves so many of the problems that other tools are just not able to do. And um, so I started working in the field and I mean, the, you know, the, it's it's funny, I, I would I, I would say that the, the demand for this product makes it such that so there's so many of us who can do this because this is very geeky, very, very geeky work. Um, and, um, but the system benefits from it and people are applying it. And it's the one tool where I, on average, actually workers usually do not have problems with it. Barbara, in fact, I'd be interested. A lot of people complaining right now about paperwork requirements in our state. Mm. Barbara and I both work mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania a lot. And, um, and so I was really worried. I'm always worried about backlash on cans. And I was told by advocacy organizers at the top, no one's complaining about that, Dan. That's not it. It's these other things that people are doing. And so when the front line's happy, that's the most important thing. Mm. 
-hmm. And then and then certainly administrators are happy because they're getting all this really important information about their system that right now is more important than ever as far as advocacy and understanding the impact mm -hmm. of the terror mm -hmm. currently living through. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, oh, I want to say one more thing, if that's okay, just uh, the, the, the conference, right? So um, as I it is really an interesting conference because there's not that many other conferences out there dedicated, right, to like whatever TCOM is, right? Is it a tool? Some people call it the CANS conference, or mm -hmm. is it a particular administrative human services model? Uh, maybe, you know, not exactly an exciting thing you would think to go to go do. Um, but it, but but yet there's a real attitude that I think John Lyons, um, the guy at the top of the model, has spread throughout, which is a real sense of joy, a real sense of learning and camaraderie and community. And I love that the conference tries to sponsor that. As people on this call know, I've always, I'm, and Barbara and I are actually, Barbara's mm -hmm. just much behind this thing. I'm usually the front end, but Barbara's does a lot of the work on the back end to do these various games that we've come mm -hmm. up with. Oh. I'm sorry, Dan, you are the game master. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I just don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, taken, but I'm definitely looking forward to this year. We haven't designed it yet, but Diamond and I will definitely be working on it. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited. There's always a bunch of hype with Dan Warner's games. <laughs> and this is, this is true modesty because again, Barbara with the 2020 uh, conference chair and having to shift this over, Dan Having to really been the 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 uh, the the, uh, the key in collaborating with this larger roundtable discussions, which evolved mm -hmm. huge. In addition to the um, the games, which are exciting, I'm still trying to figure them out, but I'm going to get there. I am going to get there. So, um, and and then having you know uh, Judy Howard, uh, who is the 2022 uh, conference chair, and I was just honored to serve as the uh, past year's conference chair. Um, and having some really uh, large uh, shoes to fill, but knowing that again, this is a, a collaborative spirit. Um. Yeah, I tell you, when when April Fernando called me and said, "Would you like to be the 2022 conference chair?" There was an absolute moment of panic. Like <laughs> me, why would I be the person who could be a conference chair? And I don't know if, if uh, Barbara will remember this or not, but in 2018, she was my coach when I was, when I was presenting. She was the very first person outside of Illinois that I had contact with when, we, when um, you know, our um, training and technical assistance center was accepted. I'm the uh, Associate Director of PATH, the Provider Assistance and Training Hub. It is part of the University of Illinois School of Social Work. And we started in 2018 as the Elaine Keyes Training Office with just seven people. It was such a tiny little group. And we were charged with implementing the Illinois Medicaid Comprehensive Assessment mm -hmm. of Easing Strengths, or the IMCANS, which is a lifespan tool across all of our behavioral health providers, which for me was sort of a redux because I worked in child welfare in the early 2000s when we launched CANS in child welfare here in Illinois. Mm -hmm. So I had been an advocate and had been exposed to the tool and had been part of the initial implementation here in Illinois back when Dr. Lyons was still here in, in Illinois. And 
to I moved into behavior health and to see this whole thing come to fruition again with another larger version uh, of it. So I'm not having Dan's sort of success in terms of frontline providers loving the tool yet. Uh, there's there's still some pushback. It's too diagnostic. It's not diagnostic enough. It's too long. It's too short. You know, all of the usual things that come with uh, system-wide change. And we have our cheerleaders, certainly. Um, but we have grown from this tiny little training office into this much broader, much bigger, you know, 40 plus person um, training and technical assistance center. And we're working right now on implementing wraparound and systems of care with our CANS tool at the heart of, as Ken said, sort of the, you know, individualized plan of care. So we're we're really, really challenged with making sure that this tool is utilized correctly because we're building the next layers of Illinois system on top of it. So I have been flailing around for the past year. I've talked to people in New Jersey. I've talked to people in California. I've talked to people in Tennessee just last week, always looking for that next what did you do that works? What else can we try that works? And as I spoke to John Lyons last week, the one thing that has remained constant in across all of the people that I've met is the generosity, generosity of their time, um, their willingness to discuss what worked for them, their absolute willingness to say, here's a data solution that might work. Here's a data uh, process that might work. We used to do it that way, but now we do it this way. And there's it. You don't find that very many places. And at the TCOM conference, you make these connections, right? You make, uh, you normalize your own experiences <laughs> because no matter how hard it gets, and sometimes it's very hard, Mm -hmm. Or you realize that other people who are just a year or two ahead of you have had similar experiences and you can see that it has worked for them, that there have been great strides that were made in their state or their system. And for me, right, uh, because this is what I do every single day, to realize I'm part of a larger community is really, really reassuring. There are people who are making it work. There are people who really love this tool, who advocate for this tool every day. So back to what April called me and said, why would you, you know, I want, would you like to do it? And I'm like, why me? She said, this is what you do every day. This is what you do every day. And she's right. It's been the basis of my career for the last four and a half years. And it is really meaningful work. I wouldn't give it up for the world. So I was honored, very honored. I was on the program committee with, with Ken. I've seen Dan present multiple times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. And like I said, Barbara talked me through my very first presentation. So this is just an interesting group for me to be sitting at a table with and, and um, sharing stories. So thank you for including me, Ken. I appreciate it. Well, again, I think that's just, you just said, all of you just said the essence of this and being a, a CANS trainer in New Jersey for 12 years and being a team of one, 
the camaraderie, the, the ability to uh, bounce ideas off. But I think it came in 2016 when we did our really major rev uh, revision of the tool. And we had some questions. The state had some questions around the items. And um, while I was at the meeting, I said, well, why don't we poll different states and ask them what they're doing? And they looked, well, how can we do that? And I said, um, email. <laughs> and so just trying to figure out which areas, someone from the East Coast, West Coast, somewhere in the middle. And um, well, how long is that going to take was the response. And I said, well, probably by week's end, it was a Tuesday meeting and um, got the information back on Thursday, not just what items they used, but why they chose that item to reflect the need. And I knew right then that I uh, found my tribe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it is being it's, it's tough being the uh, the trainer. And, and you mentioned, again, loving the tool. I think there's such a um, uh, kind of a, a misperception of what these tools are all about, especially now they're called PCOM tools and uh, versus the CANS tools. But when I talk about community metrics and I talk about conversations, meaningful conversations that we have, whether it's directly with those that we're serving or those who are attached to that that individual child, youth or family, um, that's that's really our work. Um, I don't know if that was existential or not. Dan. I tried my best to be. <laughs> Um, well, can I take exception to something that Dan mentioned earlier? He said uh, about geeky. And there are folks that, that do geek out when it comes to community metrics. But when it comes down to it, it is a very human tool. It's mm -hmm. describing situations that we're having and what do we do? You know, and it doesn't tell you what to do, but it tells you, yeah, there's a reason to do something. So it's a very human tool. So you don't have to be geeky to love the tools. Mm-hmm. It's very true. <laughs> well, I, I know that's a, a part of your identity, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, but it's it's also it is very true. The uh, one of the things about the conference is that it's not um, any one thing. I mean, it's really a a lot of the people there are there because their company wants to make sure that they're all on point with whatever the new updates are with the tool that they use. So they get a, there's just a lot of, you know, people, social workers. And, um, I know some peers, you know, comes of people who, you know, don't necessarily have a degree in mental health. Um, and then there are technical people and then there's various, there's various courses and workshops for various people in needs. And, and then you're also getting these keynotes and the keynotes are usually just professionals in the field. It's very rare. If I, if I, Think about it that a keynote gives a presentation on the tool keynotes uh some of them have just been great and i've i remember oh god i mean i've been doing this for a while i don't i think it was in chicago there was someone who talked about working with traumatized youth and child welfare mm -hmm. um there's um there's a legal groups that come about cases that they've uh mm -hmm. taken on various issues of justice mm -hmm. or quality um for the right. adults with children's services um, and so it, it's really it's really a, a human services conference um, because TCOM tools or CANS tools or all these things impact various levels across mm -hmm. human services. And so yeah. your part is there mm -hmm. somewhere if you work in the field. Exactly. Your part is there somewhere. And it's the why of what we do. It mm -hmm. really is. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you mentioned keynotes. Uh, Stuart Albin uh, from the Massachusetts General mm. did a great presentation. I actually stood up, I think, and clapped after he made that mention about social emotional learning, being able to mm -hmm. connect with someone on a, on a human level and doing the work. Um, so that's interesting that thinking back of all the, the keynotes, what I remember, who I remember, 
and uh, the takeaways. Mm. Well, you know, I, we have someone on this uh, call who's um, newer to the TCOM world, but she's definitely been someone who's made a, 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 a large impact. And during the time where it, we need as much impact as possible, and and Diamond, you you certainly have filled some amazing um, shoes, but in particular too, you, you've taken the conference um, to levels that, thinking back, uh, we haven't been. We've we really haven't been to those levels, uh, not just technology wise, but in terms of um, organization content. So thank you. Yeah. Um as backstory, so I've been on the, I've been working at the Center for Innovation Population Health, which is where the TCOM crew is based out of um, since October of 2020. So by the time the conference came around that November of 2020, Barbara had pretty much made the conference in like a nice little package where I was trying to figure out exactly what TCOM is. Some days I still feel like I'm figuring it out, honestly. <laughs> um, but I was able to see the conference and attend uh, the virtual one in 2020 um, and how people talk to each other, those topics, those presentations, uh, how it was formatted. And it was really fantastic for me to see that. Um, I come from a world where it was all in-person conferences as well. I worked in the hotel industry up until COVID and that's how I ended up with the TCOM team. And um, it was really great to continue creating these events. And it's really, it's much more meaningful now being what I do, just because I'm able to help create a space for all of these people in systems of care um, and get to meet all of you. But um, in the logistics side, Ken was helping me in 2021 gather all the presentations. I will go ahead and say I'm no expert on TCOM or the tools themselves. Um, so it's having people like all of you on the call that have helped me make the conference uh, uh, what I like to think is a success uh, for not for everyone, hopefully. Um, and we're planning to do that again this year. Um, we did a bit more promotion this time around for the 2022 conference. And I think the location being in New Orleans has helped quite a bit with that as well. Uh, but we have had as we have had more presentations than we've ever had this year submitted. Uh, we continue to have people actually keep reaching out and ask that they can present. But our conference schedule is jam packed at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so someone says they can't make it. We really are not at the place where we can even accept anymore. It's really that full and it has so many rich content and schedule and on the schedule you'll see so many topics that I think all the people in the TCOM collaborative will be interested in and people have already reached out saying they've never attended but they think this conference is for them so we're having those conversations as well which is always exciting um but just some logistics pieces the conference is going to be taking place in September of this year September 21st through the 23rd in person um we are also going to try for the second time around a hybrid conference aspect. We tried to do this last year, but then ended up becoming fully virtual due to the Delta variant, um, which was a bit unfortunate, but necessary at the time. And uh, we are having some virtual presentations take place the week after the in-person conference. And that's gonna be September 26th and through and the 27th. Uh, for the following Monday, the 26th of September, we are going to have live virtual presentations. Uh, we're, these are presenters that are um, presenting on various topics. We are actually still gathering some for the virtual presenters and um, 
confirming those. And then the second day, we're going to show live uh, presentations from the in-person conference and then identify moderators from those or even the presenters from those presentations and act as a uh, roundtable discussion on those topics. So we're really interested to see how this format goes. We're really excited to be able to have a space where people who aren't able to attend or unfortunately don't want to attend in-person events at this time, which is completely understandable, um, but we'll have that space for them as well. So we're excited to be able to hopefully create a space that everyone in the collaborative can at least be part of the TCOM conference. Yeah, and we're really excited about the location too. Uh, if you <laughs> haven't seen yet, we're in New Orleans and not only that, we're in the heart of New Orleans. Um, if people are familiar, we're off Canal Street, which is right across um, from all the fun in New Orleans, uh, right out your doorstep. We're very excited that people will be in this lively environment. And I think that's going to be great energy for our first in-person event from the past two years. I agree. That's going to be a, an amazing time frame. And, and I got to tell you, the, the energy that you created and the, the ability to go virtual, um, your, your humility fits right in with all this, uh, with this group. Um, your, your knowledge of TCOM and, 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 uh, if you lacked it, I didn't see any of that. Um, you're moving forwards on uh, getting continued education credits, mm -hmm. uh, organizing to make sure everything is done in, in, a, in a, uh, a way that it made the conference um, similar to what the in-person conferences. But what impressed me the most was putting together poster sessions in this whole process. <laughs> I know that sounds, but the fact that you were able to do that, people were able to tune in. I thought that was one of the most creative things to do in a virtual setting and allowing people who did have some very interesting things to share, not in a session, but a, a poster um, session. That was very impressive. Thank you. Uh, I will be honest. I think we got mixed reviews on how we did that last year, but it was lively. Uh, I would <laughs> say we did have a lot of engagement at that time, but uh, we are definitely having the poster presentations in person this year at, for now, unless mm -hmm. something changes. And I'm hoping at scavenger hunt that we were talking about, about Dan will be part of that too. Mm -hmm. um, but we have, we have had a few poster sessions already submitted, um, but we haven't officially sent out the call for posters quite yet, but people have already jumped the gun and submitted as is, which is really exciting for us. Um, so we'll still need to do that, but people are really wanting to engage and uh, be yeah part of these in-person events and share their work as well, which is something we noticed, which I think is part of the reasons we got as many proposals as we did this year. Um, but I'm really excited to see what everyone brings to the table. There's something for everyone for this year. It is an incredibly diverse and rich group of, of presenters. There are so many topics this year. Um, my co-director and I have had to take a look at um, figuring out how we're even going to break up our staff who are attending to make sure we get good coverage because there are so many things that we want to see that are head-to-head -head against each other. It's it's very, very, very interesting this year. Oh, that is great. And a record number and diverse mm -hmm. and, and something for everyone. You can't beat that. Um, now, in terms of if I ask this group, what, what's the first thing? Because my last conference, the, the last conference in person was uh, 2019 in Palm mm -hmm. Springs. Mm -hmm. What are some of the first things that you're going to do in terms of when you arrive in the, the French Quarter um, at the hotel for the, the conference? 
muffaletta. It's just that. <laughs> no question about it. I'm beelining to the, the market. I forget what it's called. And uh, yeah. I just look for people. I look for the people I know and just catch up with them real quick and schedule some dinners or lunches mm -hmm. or find out what they're doing when their presentations are and things like that. Beignets. And <laughs> there we go. A Cafe I, there, right yeah, there on the oh, water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, I mean, this is definitely the site that everyone's getting excited about. Uh, the, the culinary experience, the visual experience of a beautiful uh, uh, community that uh, enjoys uh, putting the party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know those morning presentations might be hard to get to for some. <laughs> and I think that's when I'm scheduled. It's one of the first days and it's very bright and early. So I'll, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll see if I can bring in some pastries. and. <laughs> other yeah, things I think everyone except for Judy on this call is presenting at the conference this year, too, which is always exciting. This year, uh, we have five members from our team who are doing three different presentations. We also have one of our uh, premier uh, providers here in Illinois who has been accepted. So there are uh, at least four workshops uh, about what's going on in Illinois and the exciting amounts of change here in our statewide system. So, yeah, I... Uh, I am not presenting this year. The first time we'll have three years, um, but Illinois still has adequate representation, probably much better representation overall. But um, if I can just make one quick plug, Dr. Lori Ephesia from our team has also been presenting for the last couple of years, and she is doing um, a workshop this year on motivational interviewing. Mm. Uh, and cans, and we have gotten a lot of inquiry about that. So and I'm really excited to hear she gets pretty good ratings. Yeah. So, and I just want to sort of pick up on that because I think I might have talked to her after last year we had a motivational interviewing and wrap around the MeWrap program, mm -hmm. and afterwards had conversations. So really glad to see her take it to the next step. Yeah, we are too. Yeah, I'm excited. And so we're, also, we're also going to be down in, in Louisiana, which is um, a town where we have a lot of work going on. And so I'm looking forward to the keynotes because we're having uh, Karen Stubbs come in from the local system of care to, to let us all know what's going on in Louisiana. And um, we're really looking forward to having a lot of folks from our, you know, our neighborhood be there. So I, I'm looking forward to meeting folks that I haven't seen in, you know, two years. It's like a homecoming. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I've been going for so long and have met so many people that I feel like I haven't been able to connect with in a long time. Yeah. And we're all engaged in pushing systems forward. So it's mm -hmm. really interesting to catch up with each other and find out what's going on and what's working. Yeah. And I'd be remiss if I couldn't put a couple of plugs in for the New Jersey folks. We have Dr. DeLacy Davis, who's also doing a leave a round table. And we actually have someone, a former colleague of mine at Rutgers, uh, Rita Torres uh, Camarillo, uh, is doing immigration trauma using the crisis assessment tool and strength and needs assessment to partner with immigrant families. Um, so 
again, there's really something for, for everyone. I'm proud to see that New Jersey is going to be uh, well represented. And like you said, Judy, the probably present much uh, better than I've ever <laughs> done. So I'm looking forward to to uh, learning as well. Any plugs, Dan? I was going to say, he's doing two presentations, to, to my knowledge. Yeah. I, I, I am doing two presentations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're doing well. Yeah, so we've got some innovative visualizations of the data that we will be presenting on. So this is very much for an uh, administrative kind of presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, We got some... Um, we're really, you know, the, the biggest issues that we have in the large implementations is quality of, of the implementation and how do you monitor that on a daily basis and how can you, what, are there standard things we can look for in the data that we know mm -hmm. say this is going well or not? And so we've got some neat things in that direction. Uh, we, and then I'm also getting to present as a sidekick uh, with uh, Lauren Fine of Santa Cruz County, California. And they've had a long Kanza implementation, so three separate tools, um, uh, the early child, and then regular child, and then adult. Um, and, sh and she's really at the helm of bringing that data, finally getting visualized, which is, that's why I'm a sidekick. I, you know, we built the tools. And then, but then what she's doing with it is fascinating as far as regular meetings with the supervisors and regular data review from the client level to the, to the clinician level. Reports that really look at caseloads and compare caseloads to each other. Um, so she's got a lot of very interesting things to show, especially to California, which has a mandate for CANS. And that so different groups that can take the helm for their little implementation locally. And so I think she's really entering the California conversation with some neat stuff. So I'm excited to, to be there for that. I doubt you'll be a sidekick, though. Lead presenter, um, extraordinary, because, again, the key part of this is that the, what the CANS does or can do, uh, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> but in terms of visualizing the data, uh, especially at the, the, the level of child family team, but also agency, county, state, and, and beyond. Um, I think it's essential. And I, I hope that we continue to move forward in showing some national um, standards and, and uh, sharing some of the data. Because um, I think it was last last year's keynote that had the ability to, to he, was, he was talking about, and I forgot the gentleman's name, uh, but in terms of, um, of of showing visualization at the, the larger levels and to learn from the data, mm -hmm. I think it's really essential. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I can't believe our, our time is is uh, is almost uh, up. But in terms of some some takeaways um, outside the conference and uh, getting people excited first, I think we need to let people know how do they register for the conference, Diamond? I think that's the, the key part. They could do that now for an early bird special, I believe. Yeah, great question. Uh, we have a uh, early bird tickets. That's the lowest ticket pricing of gonna, that's going to be available for the conference. And that's going to end July 10th. So they have about a month to go ahead and register. Uh, the website to register is 2022tcom.eventbrite.com. So hopefully easy to remember. Uh, 2022tcom.eventbrite.com is where you can find your registration and that's for in-person and virtual tickets too. But we will continue to uh, have more discounted options, but I encourage everyone if they're able to, to do register before July 10th. We've extended that from July 1st because we understand that the fiscal year makes some people have to wait until after July 1st. So we hope that extension will help out those um, with their budgeting and whatnot. 
that was a great plug. And I think if if I can get this group to kind of summarize some of the um, experiences, the pandemic has certainly uh, impacted many communities, many families, many many individuals. Um, is there is there some glimmer of a, of a silver lining, um, a hopefulness that uh, you all feel, and maybe you can share as a great takeaway in getting excited to go to New Orleans? I think that's how you mm-hmm. pronounce it. Um, any silver linings? Or anything? <laughs> okay, I mean, I you know, let me not be the pessimist, but I'm going to be the pessimist for a second. How about this? I think there's a lot of work to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think. I think there's a lot of data that we have in our unique community that shows the kind of work that needs to be done. But it's it, from my perspective, it's been really hard. And I don't actually have some sort of, oh, it's going to get better anytime yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Sometimes well, it's, yeah. Yeah. And to speak to that, I think it's a great time to get together because we all need that um, that glimmer of hope. And I think you get that from with other people, from mm-hmm. others who are doing the work, even if it's in another state. Mm-hmm. And uh, Judith, I love that, you know, you you see it's like the next person who has done this and it's like, oh, this isn't me. This is the work that we're doing. And then mm-hmm. you bring yourself to the work based on somewhat the shoulders of other people. Uh, but you know that there's a group of people that are going to be celebrating you when you come back the next year. So I think having that celebration and being able to carry those relationships with you as you do your work is so important to me. And this is this is why Barbara was a much better therapist than I was right there. Oh, oh. <laughs> we'll talk later, Dan. <laughs> For me, I would say uh, that it has felt, I think, for many of us in this type of work, that we have been at a standstill because of everything that has been going on with the pandemic. We have not seen the kind of success or been able to celebrate the kinds of success that we have necessarily in the past. It's just harder when you can't get together in the in the same room. So I am looking forward to being able to do exactly what Barbara said, which is celebrate the fact that the work has continued and will continue and make those new relationships. And now that I'm four years into a behavior health transformation, be able to share some of where we're at. So that's what I'm excited about. That's great. Simon, do you have a? Yeah. Um, so I've only been able to see this in from a virtual view this collaborative and I feel like it over the past two years I've made so many connections especially with all of you I feel like I talk to everyone here more than most people in the collaborative and getting to meet you all and everyone I've spoken with in person is just going to be really exciting it's going to feel like uh, meeting everyone for the first time again (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I think seeing the magic of the TCOM conference, because that's what I keep hearing, the magic of being a person, the magic of this group. Um, and being able to see that with my own eyes is going to be really exciting. I think that's wonderful. And I agree. I, I got to say the solution is out there. I can't think of a better group to come together and to work on this. And I, I Dan, when you started it all in terms of our silver lining is um, it needs some polishing. And I believe that we're, we got the best polishers here to do the work. It's not going to be easy. It's certainly not going to be um, um, a lot of successes maybe in the beginning or small successes. But moving forward, I can't think of a better group to do all this. So 
I want to again thank you all for taking time out. I can't wait to see you in New Orleans and uh, and be able to spend time and um, and have a meal and and break bread once again with you all. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you, Ken, you. for getting us thank together. Yeah, yeah. Take care, everyone. That's great. Okay, see you there. I think it was in Chicago. There was someone who talked about working with traumatized youth and child welfare. Mm -hmm. um, there's um, there's a legal groups that come about cases that they've uh, mm -hmm. taken on various issues of justice mm -hmm. or equality um, for right. the adults with children's services. Um, and so it, it's really it's really a, a human services conference. Um, because TCOM tools or CANS tools or all these things impact various levels across mm -hmm. human services. And so yeah. your part is there mm -hmm. somewhere if you work in the field. Exactly. Your part is there somewhere. And it's the why of what we do. It mm -hmm. really is. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you mentioned keynotes. Uh, Stuart Albin uh, from the Massachusetts General mm -hmm. did a great presentation. I actually stood up, I think, and clapped after he made that mention about social emotional learning, being able to mm -hmm. connect with someone on a, on a human level and doing the work. Um, so that's interesting that thinking back of all the, the keynotes, what I remember, who I remember, and uh, the takeaways. Mm. Well, you know, I, we have someone on this uh, call who's um, newer to the TCOM world, but she's definitely been someone who's made a, 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 a large impact. And during the time where it, we need as much impact as possible, and, and Diamond, you, you certainly have filled some amazing um, shoes, but in particular, too, you, you've taken the conference um, to levels that, thinking back, uh, we haven't been. We've, we really haven't been to those levels, uh, not just technology-wise, but in terms of um, organization, content. So thank you. Yeah, um, as backstory, so I've been on the, I've been working at the Center for Innovation Population Health, which is where the TCOM crew is based out of um, since October of 2020. So by the time the conference came around that November of 2020, Barbara had pretty much made the conference in like a nice little package where I was trying to figure out exactly what TCOM is. Some days I still feel like I'm figuring it out, honestly, <laughs> um, but I was able to see the conference and attend uh, the virtual one in 2020 um, and how people talk to each other, those topics, those presentations, uh, how it was formatted. And it was really fantastic for me to see that. Um, I come from a world where it was all in-person conferences as well. I worked in the hotel industry up until COVID and that's how I ended up with the TCOM team. And um, it was really great to continue creating these events and it's really it's much more meaningful now being what I do just because I'm able to help create a space for all of these people in systems of care um, and get to meet all of you but um, in the logistics side Ken was helping me in 2021 gather all the presentations I will go ahead and say I'm no expert on TCOM or the tools themselves um, so it's having people like all of you on the call that helped me make the conference uh, uh, what I like to think is a success uh, for not for everyone, hopefully. Um, and we're planning to do that again this year. Um, we did a bit more promotion this time around for the 2022 conference. And I think the location being in New Orleans has helped quite a bit with that as well. 
but we have had as we have had more presentations than we've ever had this year submitted. Uh, we continue to have people actually keep reaching out and ask that they can present, but our conference schedule is jam packed at the moment. Um, so unless someone says they can't make it, we really are not at the place where we can even accept anymore. It's really that full and it has so many rich content and schedule and on the schedule you'll see so many topics that I think all the people in the TCOM collaborative will be interested in and people have already reached out saying they've never attended but they think this conference is for them so we're having those conversations as well which is always exciting um but just some logistics pieces the conference is going to be taking place in September of this year September 21st through the 23rd in person um we are also going to try for the second time around a hybrid conference aspect. We tried to do this last year, but then ended up becoming fully virtual due to the Delta variant, um, which was a bit unfortunate, but necessary at the time. And uh, we are having some virtual presentations take place the week after the in-person conference. And that's gonna be September 26th and through and the 27th. Uh, for the following Monday, the 26th of September, we are going to have live virtual presentations. Uh, we're, these are presenters that are um, presenting on various topics. We are actually still gathering some for the virtual presenters and um, confirming those. And then the second day, we're going to show live uh, presentations from the in-person conference and then identify moderators from those or even the presenters from those presentations and act as a uh, roundtable discussion on those topics. So we're really interested to see how this format goes. We're really excited to be able to have a space where people who aren't able to attend or unfortunately don't want to attend in-person events at this time, which is completely understandable, um, but we'll have that space for them as well. So we're excited to be able to hopefully create a space that everyone in the collaborative can at least be part of the TCOM conference. Yeah, and we're really excited about the location too. Uh, if you <laughs> haven't seen yet, we're in New Orleans and not only that, we're in the heart of New Orleans. Um, if people are familiar, we're off Canal Street, which is right across um, from all the fun in New Orleans, uh, right out your doorstep. We're very excited that people will be in this lively environment. And I think that's going to be great energy for our first in-person event from the past two years. I agree. That's going to be a, an amazing time frame. And, and I got to tell you, the, the energy that you created and the, the ability to go virtual, um, your, your humility fits right in with all this, uh, with this group. Um, your, your knowledge of TCOM and, 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 uh, if you lacked it, I didn't see any of that. Um, you're moving forwards on uh, getting continued education credits, mm -hmm. uh, organizing to make sure everything is done in, in, a, in a, uh, a way that it made the conference um, similar to what the in-person conferences. But what impressed me the most was putting together poster sessions in this whole process. <laughs> I know that sounds, but the fact that you were able to do that, people were able to tune in. I thought that was one of the most creative things to do in a virtual setting and allowing people who did have some very interesting things to share, not in a session, but a, a poster um, session. That was very impressive. Thank you. Uh, I will be honest. I think we got mixed reviews on how we did that last year, but it was lively. Uh, I would mm -hmm. say we did have a lot of engagement at that time, but uh, we 
are definitely having the poster presentations in person this year for now, unless mm-hmm. something changes. And I'm hoping at scavenger hunt that we were talking about, about Dan will be part of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, we have had a few poster sessions already submitted, um, but we haven't officially sent out the call for posters quite yet, but people have already jumped the gun and submitted as is, which is really exciting for us. Um, so we'll still need to do that, but people are really wanting to engage and uh, be yeah part of these in-person events and share their work as well, which is something we noticed, which I think is part of the reasons we got as many proposals as we did this year. Um, but I'm really excited to see what everyone brings to the table. There's something for everyone for this year. It is an incredibly diverse and rich group of, of presenters. There are so many topics this year. Um, my co-director and I have had to take a look at um, figuring out how we're even going to break up our staff who are attending to make sure we get good coverage because there are so many things that we want to see that are head-to-head against each other. It's it's very, very, very interesting this year. Oh, that is great. And a record number and diverse mm-hmm. and, and something for everyone. You can't beat that. Um, now, in terms of if I ask this group, what, what's the first thing? Because my last conference, the, the last conference in person was uh, 2019 in Palm mm-hmm. Springs. Mm-hmm. What are some of the first things that you're going to do in terms of when you arrive in the, the French Quarter um, at the hotel for the, the conference? Muffaletta. It's just that. <laughs> <laughs> no question about it. I'm beelining to the, the market. I forget what it's called. And. Oh. Yeah, I just look for people. I look for the people I know and just catch up with them real quick and schedule some dinners or lunches mm-hmm. or find out what they're doing when their presentations are and things like that. Beignets. Mm-hmm. Beignets. There we go. <laughs> Cafe Dumont there, right yeah. there on the oh, water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, Diamond, this is definitely the site that everyone's getting excited about. Yeah. Uh, the, the culinary experience, the visual experience of a beautiful uh, uh, community that uh, enjoys uh, putting the party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know those morning presentations might be hard to get to for some. <laughs> and I think that's what I'm scheduled. It's one of the first days and it's very bright and early. So I'll, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll see if I can bring in some pastries. and <laughs> other Yeah, things. I think everyone except for Judy on this call is presenting at the conference this year, too, which is always exciting. This year, uh, we have five members from our team who are doing three different presentations. We also have one of our uh, premier uh, providers here in Illinois who has been accepted. So there are uh, at least four workshops uh, about what's going on in Illinois and the exciting amounts of change here in our statewide system. So, yeah, I uh, I am not presenting this year. The first time <laughs> we'll have three years. Um, but Illinois still has adequate representation, probably much better representation overall. But um, if I can just make one quick plug, Dr. Lori Aguizio from our team has also been presenting for the last couple of years. And she is doing um, a workshop this year on motivational interviewing mm-hmm. um, and cans. And we have gotten a lot of inquiry about that. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear. She gets 
pretty good ratings. Yeah. So. And I just want to sort of pick up on that because I think I might have talked to her after last year, we had a motivational interviewing and wrapper on the MIRAP program mm -hmm. and afterwards had conversations. So really glad to see her take it to the next step. Yeah. We are too. Yeah. I'm excited. And so we're also, we're also going to be down in, in Louisiana, which is um, a town where we have a lot of work going on. And so I'm looking forward to the keynotes because we're having uh, Karen Stubbs come in from the local system of care to, to let us all know what's going on in Louisiana. And um, we're really looking forward to having a lot of folks from our, you know, our neighborhood be there. So I, I'm looking forward to meeting folks that I haven't seen in, you know, two years. It's like a homecoming. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I've been going for so long and I have met so many people that I feel like I haven't been able to connect with in a long time. Yeah. And we're all engaged in pushing systems forward. So it's mm -hmm. really interesting to catch up with each other and find out what's going on and what's working. And I'd be remiss if I couldn't put a couple of plugs in for the New Jersey folks. We have Dr. DeLacy Davis, who's also doing, mm -hmm. a, I believe, a roundtable. And mm -hmm. we actually have someone, a uh, former colleague of mine at Rutgers, uh, Rita Torres uh, Camarillo, uh, is doing immigration trauma using the crisis assessment tool and strength and needs assessment to partner with immigrant families. Um, so, again, there's really something for, for everyone. I'm proud to see that New Jersey is going to be uh, well represented and like you said, Judy, they'll probably present much uh, better than I've ever <laughs> done. So I'm looking forward to to uh, learning as well. Any plugs, Dan? I was going to say, he's doing two presentations, to, to my knowledge. Yeah, I, I, I am doing two presentations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're doing well. Yeah, so we've got some innovative visualizations of the data that we will be presenting on. So this is very much for an uh, administrative kind of presentation mm -hmm. uh, for uh, we got some um, we're really, you know, the, the biggest issues that we're, we have in the large implementations is quality of, of the implementation and how do you monitor that on a daily basis and how can you, what, are there standard things we can look for in the data that we know mm -hmm. say this is going well or not? And so we've got some neat things in that direction. Uh, we, and then I'm also getting to present as a sidekick uh, with uh, Lauren Fine of Santa Cruz County, California. And they've had a long Kanza implementation, so three separate tools, um, uh, the early child, then regular child, and then adult. Um, and, sh and she's really at the helm of bringing that data, finally getting visualized, which is, that's why I'm a sidekick, I, you know, we built the tools. And then, but then what she's doing with it is fascinating as far as regular meetings with the supervisors and regular data review from the client level to the, to the clinician level, reports that really look at caseloads and compare caseloads to each other. Um, so she's got a lot of very interesting things to show, especially to California, which has a mandate for CANS, and that so different groups that can take the helm for their little implementation locally and so i think she's really entering the california conversation with some neat stuff so i'm excited to to be there for that i doubt you'll be a sidekick though lead presenter um extraordinaire because again the key part of this is that the, what the cans does or can do uh no pun intended uh, <laughs> but in terms of visualizing the data uh, especially at the, the the level of child family team but also agency county state and, and beyond um, 
I think is essential. And I, I hope that we continue to move forward in showing some national um, standards and, and uh, sharing some of the data. Because um, I think it was last last year's keynote that had the ability to, to he, was, he was talking about, and I forgot the gentleman's name, uh, but in terms of, um, of of showing visualization at the, the larger levels and to learn from the data, mm -hmm. I think is really essential. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I can't believe our, our time is is uh, is almost uh, up. But in terms of some some takeaways um, outside the conference and uh, getting people excited first, I think we need to let people know how do they register for the conference, Diamond? I think that's the, the key part. They could do that now for an early bird special, I believe. Yeah, great question. Uh, we have a uh, early bird tickets. That's the lowest ticket pricing of gonna that's gonna be available for the conference, and that's gonna end July 10th. So they have about a month to go ahead and register. Uh, the website to register is 2022tcom.eventbrite.com. So hopefully easy to remember. Uh, 2022tcom.eventbrite.com is where you can find your registration and that's for in-person and virtual tickets too. But we will continue to uh, have more discounted options, but I encourage everyone if they're able to, to do register before July 10th. We've extended that from July 1st because we understand that the fiscal year makes some people have to wait until after July 1st. So we hope that extension will help out those um, with their budgeting and whatnot. That was a great plug. And I think if, if I can get this group to kind of summarize some of the um, experiences, the pandemic has certainly uh, impacted many communities, many families, many, many individuals. Um, is there is there some glimmer of a, of a silver lining, um, a hopefulness that uh, you all feel and maybe you could share as a great takeaway and getting excited to go to New Orleans? I think that's how you mm -hmm. pronounce it. Um, any silver linings? Or <laughs> okay, I mean, I you know, let me not be the pessimist, but I'm going to be the pessimist for a second. How about this? I think there's a lot of work to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of data that we have in our unique community that shows the kind of work that needs to be done. But it's it, from my perspective, it's been really hard, and I don't actually have some sort of oh, it's going to get better anytime yeah. soon. Mm -hmm. Sometimes well, it's yep. Yeah, and to speak to that, I think it's a great time to get together because we all need that um, that glimmer of hope. And I think you get that from with other people, from mm -hmm. others who are doing the work, even if it's in another state. Mm -hmm. And uh, Judith, I love that, you know, you, you see it's like the next person who has done this and it's like, oh, this isn't me. This is the work that we're doing. And then you bring yourself to the work based on somewhat the shoulders of other people. Um, but you know that there's a group of people that are going to be celebrating you when you come back the next year. So I think having that celebration and being able to carry those relationships with you as you do your work is so important to me. And this is this is why Barbara was a much better therapist than I was right there. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll talk later, Dan. <laughs> For me, I would say uh, that it has felt, I think, for many of us in this type of work that we have been at a standstill because of everything that has been going on with the pandemic. We have not seen the kind of success 
or been able to celebrate the kinds of success that we have necessarily in the past. It's just harder when you can't get together in the, in the same room. So I am looking forward to being able to do exactly what Barbara said, which is celebrate the fact that the work has continued and will continue and make those new relationships. And now that I'm four years into a behavior health transformation, be able to share some of where we're at. So that's what I'm excited about. That's great. Simon, do you have a yeah, um, so I've only been able to see this in from a virtual view, this collaborative, and I feel like it, over the past two years, I've made so many connections, especially with all of you. I feel like I talk to everyone here more than most people in the collaborative, and getting to meet you all and everyone I've spoken with in person is just going to be really exciting. It's going to feel like uh, meeting everyone for the first time again. <laughs> Um, but I think seeing the magic of the TCOM conference, because that's what I keep hearing, the magic of being in person, the magic of this group, um, and being able to see that with my own eyes is going to be really exciting. I think that's wonderful. And I agree. I, I got to say, the solution is out there. I can't think of a better group to come together and to work on this. And I, I Dan, when you started it all in terms of our silver lining is um, it needs some polishing. And I believe that we're, we got the best polishers here to do the work. It's not going to be easy. It's certainly not going to be um, um, a lot of successes maybe in the beginning or small successes. But moving forward, I can't think of a better group to do all this. So I wanted to, again, thank you all for taking time out. I can't wait to see you in New Orleans and, uh, and be able to spend time and um, and have a meal and, and break bread once again with you all. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you, Ken, you. for getting us thank together. You. Yeah, yeah. Take care, everyone. That's great. Okay, see you there. Yeah, I uh, I am not presenting this year. It's the first <laughs> time every year, um, but Illinois still has adequate representation, probably much better representation overall. But um, if I can just make one quick plug, Dr. Lori Abusio from our team has also been presenting for the last couple of years. And she is doing um, a workshop this year on motivational interviewing mm. um, and cans. And we have gotten a lot of inquiry about that. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear. She gets pretty good ratings. Yeah. She, so. And I just want to sort of pick up on that because I think I might have talked to her after last year we had a motivational interviewing and wraparound, the MERAP program, mm -hmm. and afterwards had conversations. So really glad to see her take it to the next step. Yeah, we are too. Yeah. Excited. And so we're also oh. we're also gonna be down in, in Louisiana, which is um a town where we have a lot of work going on. And so I'm looking forward to the keynotes because we're having uh, Karen Stubbs come in from the local system of care to, to let us all know what's going on in Louisiana. And um, we're really looking forward to having a lot of folks from our, you know, our neighborhood be there. So I, I'm looking forward to meeting folks that I haven't seen in, you know, two years. It's like a homecoming. Yeah. Oh, 
really is. I mean, I've been going for so long and I have met so many people that I feel like I haven't been able to connect with in a long time. Yeah. And we're all engaged in pushing systems forward. So it's really interesting to catch up with each other and find out what's going on and what's working. And I'd be remiss if I couldn't put a couple of plugs in for the New Jersey folks. We have Dr. DeLacy Davis, who's also doing a, I believe, a round table. And we actually have someone, a former colleague of mine at Rutgers, uh, Rita Torres uh, Camilo, uh, is doing immigration trauma using the crisis assessment tool and strength and needs assessment to partner with immigrant families. Um, so, again, there's really something for, for everyone. I'm proud to see that New Jersey is going to be uh, well represented. And like you said, Judy, they'll probably present much uh, better than I've ever <laughs> done. So I'm looking forward to, to uh, learning as well. Any plugs, Dan? I was going to say, he's doing two presentations, to, to my knowledge. Yeah. I, I, I am doing two presentations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're doing well. Yeah, so we've got some innovative visualizations of the data that we will be presenting on. So this is very much for an uh, administrative kind of presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, We got some... Um, we're really, you know, the, the biggest issues where we have in the large implementations is quality of of the implementation and how do you monitor that on a daily basis and how can you, what, are there standard things we can look for in the data that we know mm -hmm. say this is going well or not? And so we've got some neat things in that direction. Uh, we And then I'm also getting to present as a sidekick uh, with uh, Lauren Fine of Santa Cruz County, California. And they've had a long Kanza implementation, so three separate tools. Um, uh, the early child, then regular child, and then adult. Um, and sh and she's really at the helm of bringing that data, finally getting visualized, which is, that's why I'm a sidekick. I, you know, we built the tools. And then, but then what she's doing with it is fascinating as far as regular meetings with the supervisors and regular data review from the client level to the, to the clinician level. Reports that really look at caseloads and compare caseloads to each other. Um, so she's got a lot of very interesting things to show, especially to California, which has a mandate for CANS and that so different groups that can take the helm for their little implementation locally. And so I think she's really entering the California conversation with some neat stuff. So I'm excited to, to be there for that. I doubt you'll be a sidekick, though. Lead presenter. Um extraordinary because again the key part of this is that, that what the cans does or can do uh no pun intended uh, <laughs> but in terms of visualizing the data uh, especially at the, the the level of child family team but also agency county state and, and beyond um i think is essential and I, I hope that we continue to move forward in showing some national um standards and and uh, sharing some of the data um because i think it was last last year's keynote that had the the ability to, to he was he was talking about and I forgot the gentleman's name, uh, but in terms of, um, of of showing visualization at the the larger levels and to learn from the data, mm -hmm. I think is really essential. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I I can't believe our our time is is uh, is almost uh, up. But in terms of some some takeaways. Um, outside the conference and uh, getting people excited. First, I think we need to let people know how do they register for the conference, Diamond? I think that's the, the key part. They could do that now for an early bird special, I believe. 
Yeah, great question. Uh, we have uh, early bird tickets. That's the lowest ticket pricing of gonna, that's going to be available for the conference. And that's going to end July 10th. So they have about a month to go ahead and register. Uh, the website to register is 2022tcom.eventbrite.com. So hopefully easy to remember. Uh, 2022tcom.eventbrite.com is where you can find your registration, and that's for in-person and virtual tickets, too. But we will continue to uh, have more discounted options, but I encourage everyone, if they're able to, to do register before July 10th. We've extended that from July 1st because we understand that the fiscal year makes some people have to wait until after July 1st. So we hope that extension will help out those um, with their budgeting and whatnot. That was a great plug. And I think if, if I can get this group to kind of summarize some of the um, experiences, the pandemic has certainly uh, impacted many communities, many families, many, many individuals. Um, is there is there some glimmer of a, of a silver lining, um, a hopefulness that uh, you all feel and maybe you can share as a great takeaway in getting excited to go to New Orleans? I think that's how you mm -hmm. pronounce it. Um, any silver linings? Or <laughs> okay, I mean, I you know, let me not be the pessimist, but I'm going to be the pessimist for a second. How about this? I think there's a lot of work to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. I think there's a lot of data that we have in our unique community that shows the kind of work that needs to be done. But it's it, from my perspective, it's been really hard, and I don't actually have some sort of oh, it's going to get better anytime yeah. soon. Mm -hmm. well, sometimes well, it. Yep. Yeah, and to speak to that, I think it's a great time to get together because we all need that um, that glimmer of hope. And I think you get that from with other people, from mm -hmm. others who are doing the work, even if it's in another state. Mm -hmm. And uh, Judith, I love that, you know, you, you see it's like the next person who has done this and it's like, oh, this isn't me. This is the work that we're doing. And then mm -hmm. you bring yourself to the work based on somewhat the shoulders of other people. Um, but you know that there's a group of people that are going to be celebrating you when you come back the next year. So I think having that celebration and being able to carry those relationships with you as you do your work is so important to me. And this is this is why Barbara was a much better therapist than I was right there. Oh, oh. <laughs> we'll talk later, Dan. For me, I would say uh, that it has felt, I think, for many of us, in this type of work that we have been at a standstill because of everything that has been going on with the pandemic. We have not seen the kind of success or been able to celebrate the kinds of success that we have necessarily in the past. It's just harder when you can't get together in the, in the same room. So I am looking forward to being able to do exactly what Barbara said, which is celebrate the fact that the work has continued and will continue and make those new relationships. And now that I'm four years into a behavior health transformation, be able to share some of where we're at. So that's what I'm excited about. That's great. Diamond, do you have a? Yeah. Um, so I've only been able to see this in from a virtual view this collaborative and I feel like it over the past two years I've made so many connections especially with all of you I feel like I talked to you, everyone here 
more than most people in the collaborative and getting to meet you all and everyone I've spoken with in person is just going to be really exciting. It's going to feel like uh, meeting everyone for the first time again. <laughs> um, but I think seeing the magic of the TCOM conference, because that's what I keep hearing, the magic of being in person, the magic of this group um, and being able to see that with my own eyes is going to be really exciting. I think that's wonderful. And I agree. I, I got to say the solution is out there. I can't think of a better group to come together and to work on this. And I, I Dan, when you started it all in terms of our silver lining is um, it needs some polishing. And I mm -hmm. believe that we're, we got the best polishers here to do the work. It's not going to be easy. It's certainly not going to be um, um, a lot of successes, maybe in the beginning or small successes, but Moving forward, I can't think of a better group to do all this. So I wanted to, again, thank you all for taking time out. I can't wait to see you in New Orleans and, uh, and be able to spend time and um, and have a meal and, and break bread once again with you all. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you, Ken, you. for getting us thank together. You. Yeah, yeah. Care, everyone. Great. Okay, see you there. They register for the conference, Diamond. I think that's the, the key part. They could do that now for an early bird special, I believe. Yeah, great question. Uh, we have a early bird tickets. So it's the lowest ticket pricing of gonna, that's going to be available for the conference. And that's going to end July 10th. So they have about a month to go ahead and register. Uh, the website to register is 2022tcom.eventbrite.com. So hopefully easy to remember. Uh, 2022tcom.eventbrite.com is where you can find your registration and that's for in-person and virtual tickets too. But we will continue to uh, have more discounted options, but I encourage everyone if they're able to, to do register before July 10th. We've extended that from July 1st because we understand that the fiscal year makes some people have to wait until after July 1st. So we hope that extension will help out those um, with their budgeting and whatnot. That was a great plug. And I think if, if I can get this group to kind of summarize some of the um, experiences, the pandemic has certainly uh, impacted many communities, many families, many, many individuals. Um, is there is there some glimmer of a, of a silver lining, um, a hopefulness that uh, you all feel and maybe you could share as a great takeaway and getting excited to go to New Orleans? I think that's how you mm -hmm. pronounce it. Um, any silver linings? Or <laughs> okay, I mean, I you know, let me not be the pessimist, but I'm going to be the pessimist for a second. How about this? I think there's a lot of work to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of data that we have in our unique community that shows the kind of work that needs to be done. But it's it, from my perspective, it's been really hard, and I don't actually have some sort of oh, it's going to get better anytime yeah. soon. Mm -hmm. Sometimes well, it. Yep. Yeah, and to speak to that, I think it's a great time to get together because we all need that um, that glimmer of hope. And I think you get that from with other people, from mm -hmm. others who are doing the work, even if it's in another state. Mm -hmm. And uh, Judith, I love that, you know, you, you see it's like the next person who has done this and it's like, oh, this isn't me. This is the work that we're doing. And then mm -hmm. you bring yourself to the work based on somewhat the shoulders of other people. Um, but you know that there's a group of people that are going to be celebrating you when you come back the next year. So I think having that celebration and being able to carry those relationships with you as you do your work is so important to me. And this is this is why Barbara was a much better therapist than I was right there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dan. <laughs> for me, I would say uh, that it has felt, I think, for many of us in this type of work, that we have been at a standstill because of everything that has been going on with the pandemic. We have not seen the kind of success or been able to celebrate the kinds of success that we have necessarily in the past. It's just harder when you can't get together in the, in the same room. So I am looking forward to being able to do exactly what Barbara said, which is celebrate the fact that the work has continued and will continue and make those new relationships. And now that I'm four years into a behavior health transformation be able to share some of where we're at so that's what i'm excited about that's great diamond do you have a yeah um so i've only been able to see this in from a virtual view this collaborative and i feel like it over the past two years i've made so many connections especially with all of you i feel like i talked to you, everyone here more than most people in the collaborative and getting to meet you all and everyone I've spoken with in person is just going to be really exciting. It's going to feel like uh, meeting everyone for the first time again. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I think seeing the magic of the TCOM conference, because that's what I keep hearing, the magic of being in person, the magic of this group, um, and being able to see that with my own eyes is going to be really exciting. I think that's wonderful. And I agree. I, I got to say, the solution is out there. I can't think of a better group to come together and to work on this. And I, I Dan, when you started it all in terms of our silver lining is um, it needs some polishing. And I believe mm -hmm. that we we got the best polishers here to do the work. It's not going to be easy. It's certainly not going to be um, um, a lot of successes maybe in the beginning or small successes, but moving forward, I can't think of a better group to do all this. So I wanted to, again, thank you all for taking time out. I can't wait to see you in New Orleans and, uh, and be able to spend time and um, and have a meal and, and break bread once again with you all. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you, Ken, you. for getting us thank together. You. Yeah, yeah. Care, everyone. Great. Okay, see you there. It was a much better therapist than I was right there. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll talk later, Dan. <laughs> for me, I would say uh, that it has felt, I think, for many of us in this type of work that we have been at a standstill because of everything that has been going on with the pandemic. We have not seen the kind of success or been able to celebrate the kinds of success that we have necessarily in the past. It's just harder when you can't get together in the, in the same room. So I am looking forward to being able to do exactly what Barbara said, which is celebrate the fact that the work has continued and will continue and make those new relationships. And now that I'm four years into a behavior health transformation, be able to share some of where we're at. So that's what I'm excited about. That's great. Diamond, do you have a yeah um so i've only been able to see this in from a virtual view this collaborative and i feel like it, over the past two years i've made so many connections especially with all of you i feel like i talked to you, everyone here 
more than most people in the collaborative and getting to meet you all and everyone I've spoken with in person is just going to be really exciting. It's going to feel like uh, meeting everyone for the first time again. <laughs> um, but I think seeing the magic of the TCOM conference, because that's what I keep hearing, the magic of being in person, the magic of this group um, and being able to see that with my own eyes is going to be really exciting. I think that's wonderful. And I agree. I, I got to say the solution is out there. I can't think of a better group to come together and to work on this. And I, I Dan, when you started it all in terms of our silver lining is um, it needs some polishing. And I believe that we're, we got the best polishers here to do the work. It's not going to be easy. It's certainly not going to be um, um, a lot of successes, maybe in the beginning or small successes, but Moving forward, I can't think of a better group to do all this. So I wanted to, again, thank you all for taking time out. I can't wait to see you in New Orleans and, uh, and be able to spend time and um, and have a meal and, and break bread once again with you all. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you, Ken, you. for getting us thank together. Yeah, yeah. Take care, everyone. That's great. Okay, see you there. I feel like I talked to everyone here more than most people in the collaborative and getting to meet you all and everyone I've spoken with in person is just going to be really exciting. It's going to feel like uh, meeting everyone for the first time again. <laughs> um, but I think seeing the magic of the TCOM conference, because that's what I keep hearing, the magic of being a person, the magic of this group, um, and being able to see that with my own eyes is going to be really exciting. I think that's wonderful. And I agree. I, I got to say the solution is out there. I can't think of a better group to come together and to work on this. And I, I, Dan, when you started it all in terms of our silver lining is um, it needs some polishing. And I believe that we're, we got the best polishers here to do the work. It's not going to be easy. It's certainly not going to be um, um, a lot of successes, maybe in the beginning or small successes, but moving forward, I can't think of a better group to do all this. So I wanted to, again, thank you all for taking time out. I can't wait to see you in New Orleans and, uh, and be able to spend time and um, and have a meal and, and break bread once again with you all. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you, Ken, you. for getting us thank together. You. Yeah, yeah. Care, everyone. That's great. Okay, see you there. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Innovation and Care Collaboration Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or Google, and join us each week as we invite in thought leaders in health and human services to discuss the latest trends in healthcare and technology.